Yeah. Whoa. Hold on. Uh, walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it like I talk it. My name is Nick Butterworth. And I am Noah Thomas. We are both second year students here at Michigan State. I'm a business student studying finance. I'm from Lake Orion, Michigan, and I hope to one day work in a big city and have my own business. I'm a pre-med student studying human bio. I'm from Shelby Township, Michigan, and I hope to open my own dentist office one day. Today we're gonna discuss our tenet of Afrofuturism. So to introduce our show, we play Walk It, Talk It by Migos, as I am personally a big fan of the Migos music. We thought it was a nice subtle transition into our discussion. The members of Migos also represent the African-American minority. They weren't given an easy living situation and worked their way to the top of the rap game. Today we will be talking about the tenet, protection of the most vulnerable and marginalized in our community. I chose this because I knew it was a tenet that I could talk about and related to in-class readings at a high level. It was the first one that I saw that I knew that I could talk about and was also interested in writing a paper on. My grandmother's parents were immigrants from Italy and faced a lot of hardships. Without their sacrifice, bravery, and protection, I would not be here today. It is my own personal motive for speaking about this tenet. As for myself, I use this tenet because my father grew up as a minority, moving from Iraq as a child with nothing but a suitcase. He taught me to always help those in need when they require it most, because as a child he needed it and didn't receive it. He lives by the golden rule which says to treat others how you would be treated. This tenet can be relative to many events in my father's life, my own life, and compared to many literary pieces discussed in lecture. My approach to the tenet is better than Noah's, as I go into ideologies seen within Black Panther and the Black God's Drum, such as instances of neglect, protection, and innovation. I was, I was able to talk about the Black God's Drum with the differences among the social classes within the population of New Orleans. This led to potentially missed opportunities, such as if the captain didn't give Creeper the chance to help, the day would not have been saved. I used Black Panther to talk about snap judgments that we make in our society. I related it to Ross, the CIA agent, who only looked at Wakanda as a third world country, without much to offer, but little did he know that they were actually the most powerful country in the world. I have also been able to relate I make people do bad things to this tenant because of Shiv. Her and her mother were seen as worthless once she got sick, and Shiv was just a nine-year-old girl. However, Shiv turned out to be one of the most powerful people in the world. Unfortunately, she was misused, but nonetheless, if Queenie and Bumpy hadn't taken care of her, then she would not have been able to help them. It turns out this little girl was extremely important after all. So Nick made some good points, but my approach to the tenant constitutes how Wakanda as a whole kept their resources secret in order to protect themselves, when in reality, they left the marginalized in the dark. Killmonger, the antagonist of the movie, was a native of Wakanda who left with his father when he was young to live in a vulnerable community in California. As he grew, he learned about the Wakandans from his father, who was royal blood. He became angered as he matured at how the vibranium was kept away from the entire world. The moral of Killmonger's actions towards Wakanda throughout the movie demonstrates the tenet I chose because Killmonger wanted to show that the Wakandans were selfish and should be aiding the communities that needed it the most. Killmonger died with the goal in his mind that T'Challa and the Wakandans must help those who need it. It took death for the Wakandan people to realize this in the end. I can relate this to how my father left his country and received nothing in return. Out of his distant family, my father's family was the first to come to the U.S. He then did all he could, worked his butt off, and created a lifestyle he wanted for himself while aiding his other family members in Iraq. 
As you may know, it's crazy over there, and he sacrifices time and effort to help those who needed it. Therefore, I win, and my tenant is better. Noah, you had said that Wakanda had kept the marginalized in the dark while only taking care of themselves, but I don't fully agree. It sounds like you agree with Killmonger's philosophy of arming the whole world and creating World War III with that comment. I believe they took care of the others the best that they could while protecting their secret. You also had said that Killmonger wanted to aid the communities that needed it most. I think that's a false statement, as again, he wanted the minorities to fight back. Anything but a peaceful resolution. Another thing that you mentioned was that in the end, it took death for Wakanda to realize that they needed to help the world. I again disagree, as they didn't realize they needed to help the rest of the world. It was more along the lines of that they could help the rest of the world and no longer wanted to protect their secret. Wakanda always wanted to help people but didn't know how, and with Nakia having her calling to help vulnerable individuals in need of help, it opened the eyes of the great nation to expand their horizons in regards to how they can help and create a better world overall. You also only used two examples to support your argument, and I used three, and we all know that three is greater than two. To start, I did not wish World War Three, nor did I agree with Killmonger's want to arm the entire world with vibranium. What I meant to say was that vibranium could have been used by the Wakandans who own it to better the outside world around them. That was the source of Killmonger's goal, which ended up turning dark and angry due to his own personal feud he had with the Wakandans for shutting not only him out, but the entire world. I used Killmonger's main idea to support my tenant that if I made unclear, I apologize. Nick, in your argument, you claimed that social class can lead to missed opportunities and then said that if Captain did not help Creeper, the day would not have been saved. Without the Captain, there is not a story. And without the story, the author of this Afrofuturistic novel would not have gotten the point across regarding the protection of vulnerable and marginalized communities. All in all, I'm not disagreeing with what you said, but it could have been better emulated with examples. You may have used three tenants, but at least mine made sense. Ha! To review today's podcast, we have seen the tenet of protection of the most vulnerable and marginalized in our community should be protected from two points of views, one being better than the other, but nonetheless, two points of views. I hope that for our listeners, you're able to walk away with more knowledge of the protection of the vulnerable and marginalized in our community, the viewpoints associated with this tenet, and the sources that we use to relay our thoughts. After our little debate, I was able to learn more about your thought process and point of view, Noah. It's interesting to see how two people can think so differently about the same topic and have very differing points. Nick made a pretty good point right there about how people's point of view affects the way they understand the message being relayed. In that case, I could say that everyone can take their own message from the literature we have discussed, and it can lead to the tenets becoming prevalent in our everyday lives. Furthermore, I hope that our listeners can apply these ideologies to their everyday lives, as we all need to look out for one another. Now we're going to send it over to Migos to wrap up today's podcast. Thanks for listening.